Hey everyone, it's Madison. So really quick, this is a brand new episode type called Lila's Lessons. As I announced earlier, we would be bringing you both content geared towards older listeners, as well as content geared towards younger listeners and families. And Lila's Lessons is the latter. And so this is our first episode. I'm really excited to share this with you. If it's not your cup of tea, don't worry. Next week, we have our regular Pokey Science interview episode coming up for the month, uh, followed by our Q&A episode the following Monday. Do not forget to send your plant Pokemon questions before the 18th. And thank you, everyone. Been one heck of a journey so far and cannot wait to show you everything this year. Bum, 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 Lila's Lessons. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lila's Lessons. I am Madison, and I am joining... Me? Yes, you. Who are you? Lila. This is Lila's Lesson. Today, what animal are we talking about today? A bunch. <laughs> is there a specific family or group? Crocodilians. Crocodilians. So, Lila, what are crocodilians? They're reptiles, they're all predators, they're all semi-aquatic, and they've been around for 95 million years. That's almost as long as the nurse at my school. No, she hasn't. (laughs) She's probably been around for like 37 years or something. (laughs) Wait, wait, how old do you think I am? Like 20. (laughs) Is I wrong? A little bit. <laughs> okay, anyways, uh, so crocodilians, they have like four different types, right? Yeah, four. What are they? Crocodiles, alligators, gorilla, caiman. So like, what makes a crocodilian a crocodilian? They have a long body and scales. They're close to the ground and muscular. So like, they work out a lot? No! But, like, they're close to the ground. Uh, uh, but they do hind walk, right? What do you mean? When they're walking on their hind legs. They, they do. Like, yeah, we've seen videos where they do, like, the hind running. Like, high? Yeah, when they're, like, standing tall. Well, they don't stand like this. As she stands up. <laughs> like, Fair enough. Crawl as tall as Haley when she's laying down. Okay. But they do, they do, they do, some species can stand on their hind legs and, like, they, like, run a little bit. They can. Now, you said they have scales, but, like, their scales are different than other scales. Um, their scales, they don't overlap. And they, they're in patterns and rows instead of overlapping, like a snake scales. Yeah, they're kind of like turtles. They're called, they're called something special, right? They're called scoots. Oh, okay, they're called scoots. And so, like, a lot of people get mixed up how to tell crocodiles and alligators apart. Crocodiles are larger than alligators and have a V-shaped snout, and and bottom teeth overlap. Alligators have only their top teeth overlap and have a U-shaped snout. So if you get close enough to the mouth, that's how you tell the difference. Please don't get close to the mouth. <laughs> Let me just... Please, but please, please don't look go to the mouth. It might bite you. <laughs> Let me just get right there. No, no. You're not allowed. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe? No. <laughs> so, they're pretty big, right? Yeah, the largest um, of the crocodilians are a crocodile, and the largest crocodile are the Nile crocodile and the saltwater crocodile. 
No, we've we've seen the saltwater crocodile. Yes, his name is Baru. <laughs> we've seen him at the Toledo Zoo. He's adorable. He's gigantic. That's adorable. He's like, I think he's like three or four of Kevin. <laughs> if, if Kevin is like, like two Girl Scouts, then yes. Oh my god, Kevin is two Girl Scouts. <laughs> the U.S. will do anything to not measure in metric. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, but it's so much easier. We, we measure by Girl Scouts. Yeah, we measure by, by small eight-year-old children. <laughs> <laughs> No, when you measure in children, not in, not in, like centimeters and millimeters. <laughs> Small children in inches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so garials are another cool one. I like them because we see them a lot in Cleveland. The Cleveland Zoo has garials, uh, but they're they're only in like one spot, right? They're in a couple. But they're in like the Indian subcontinent for the most part. Garials are in the Indian subcontinent. I love them. I think they're cute. So if anyone doesn't know what a gharial is, they have like these elongated snouts and they're different than crocodiles because they, they like only eat fish. Yeah. They're like made for fish. Because of their teeth. Yeah. Yeah. They're really pretty. Um, yeah. Garials are cute, but alligators are still cuter. Okay. <laughs> they are. No, that's, I'm not arguing with you. Uh, so what are caimans? Caimans are like alligators, but smaller and faster, and can hunt in groups. If we had a pet one, we'd have a caiman, right? What do you mean? Do you want to have a pet alligator? No. Okay. I'm going with my cat and dog and turtle and tarantula and guinea pigs. <laughs> I know you want a pet snake. Yeah, I do want a pet snake. <laughs> but not an alligator. You're not supposed to hold them a lot. Okay, fair enough. So what makes crocodilians unique? They're the largest reptiles. If they swim with their um, mouth open, their tongue can prevent water from getting into their lungs. And they have webbed feet. So, like, they're much better swimmers than most people I know. Yes. Like, they're not like your sister who swims with her mouth open. <laughs> I really... <laughs> no. No, they actually know how to swim. <laughs> But they also don't drink the water as they're swimming. <laughs> no, they don't drink chlorine water either. So they're also really cool because they have some other features too, They right? have night vision. So do they have like goggles? No. <laughs> they have night vision. How does that work? They have a special reflective lens in their eye. Kind of like cats, right? Cats have it. Humans used to have it. We did? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take your word for that one. That one I don't know. Uh, what I do know though is that uh, this is why they like, they reflect on the water, right? At not night? not only on the water, their eyes they, at night their eyes will glow red, and it's not because they're evil. It's not because they're evil. They're not evil. It's because they have night vision. <laughs> okay, because they're spellcasters. They're not druids. They're not druids. <laughs> or wizards. Okay. So they also have like the real strong jaws, right? Well, sort of. When they close their jaw, yes, it is very strong, but not so much when they're opening it. So that's why, like, Everwin and such can, like, hold the jaw closed, right? But we shouldn't try that. No. I don't know. I'm just asking. If you're brave enough to get close to a crocodile, <laughs> you might get bit. <laughs> <laughs> stupid games get stupid prizes. Why would he even... Like, he was just trying to get bit. He was, though. He yeah. was trying to get bit. I still can't believe they've been around for, like, millions of years. That's so crazy. Yeah. 
So one of the things in Lila's lessons is that we're going to talk about a topic and then Pokemon and then relate them together and then some sort of resolution. But right now we're going to talk about some Pokemon. So the first Pokemon we're going to talk about is going to be Totodile, Sandile, and Fuecoco. Uh They're just like baby crocodilians, right? They're just kind of like yeah, general. They, they're just baby crocodilians. But the cool thing is that just like baby crocodilians, they're small babies that like can't really protect themselves, especially Fuecoco. No. He has too short of legs. <laughs> Poor little happy boy. It's not his fault. He's not derpy. I said happy. I didn't call him derpy this time. I mean, he is kind of derpy, though. He's not. How is he derpy? Because he's just kind of like that blank stare of there's no thoughts going on. Hey, right, so that's the first ones we're going to talk about is is the little babies. But we also have Fralligator, who is kind of based on the American alligator. And... We tie that in because of like the yellow stripe, and that's because baby American alligators. For anyone who's never seen them, they have like these yellow stripes on their bodies. It's really cute. Yeah, I want to go pet one when we go to Florida. No, they have like alligator farms where you can go pet an alligator. Babies. No. Anyway, so Crocorock, they kind of have the connections to that. It's called the sunner-snouted crocodile, right? And they're called that because. It's because they have a thunder snout, right? No, because they have a fast snout. <laughs> I'm the thunder snouted crocodile because I have a really fast snout. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I mean, that would be. But no, it has a slender snout. And crocodile kind of reminds me. I always think gario. Yeah. Yeah, that long snout that, like, good for catching fish. But it's not. It's actually a crocodile. Well, it has connections to several things, but. I like tying in Gariel because I feel like most people don't know about Gariels, or most people in the U.S. at least. Because, I mean, like, they're in India. Well, they are, but if you want to know what a Gariel is, then if you know what a crocodile is, you know what a Gariel is. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely related. So the last one we have is uh, Skeldurge. So <laughs> Skeldurge is based on, like, the Nile crocodile. Nile. Yeah, the Nile yeah. crocodile. The large size. Large. And Niles are gigantic. I mean, like, these are not things you want to get near. I mean, they're not the scariest thing in the Nile River, though. What's the scariest thing? Hippos! Yeah, hippos are pretty dangerous. You should not, like, go near hippos. No. Uh, Skeldurge also has this little bird on it, which kind of ties into the... It is the crocodile bird that cleans crocodile's mouth. Yeah, the Egyptian plover. They like they like eat the little food bits inside the teeth and like help the crocodile get rid of bacteria. Yes, and then they get a meal. I'm yeah. just I'm just going to eat your already chewed up food. Now we're gonna talk about for this for Lyle's lessons. The next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about adaptations. So we're gonna talk about the Pokemon that are based on crocodilians and what their adaptations are that help them survive. Now, when we talk about adaptations, we're gonna go through each of the Pokemon and talk about the features and traits that would help it survive, you know, if it was a real living being. So let's start with Totodile. What adaptations does Totodile have? Camouflage. It can blend into the water. Yeah, because it's like blue. It like matches that coloring. Blue and water is not actually blue, but in Pokemon it is blue. Water is not blue? Water is clear. The sunlight reflecting on the ocean floor makes it look blue. (laughs) Not actually blue. Fair enough. (laughs) So that big jaw is really great because it would make him really good at doing what? Ambushing? Yeah, like they can just sit there with their mouth open. I think of like the alligator snapping uh, turtle. Yeah, because the tongue looks like a worm. And when it wiggles, the fish thinks it's a worm when they bite onto it. 
All right, so our next Pokemon is going to be Sandile. Sandile. And they have Camouflage too, right? Yeah. Disruptive Camouflage. So what's Disruptive Camouflage? Because it's, it's not Camouflage in the way that like a polar bear or an um, Arctic fox. No, it's the spots or the stripes of the, the patterns. It helps it blends in with the environment and since it was in, be in the sand, all the little like stripes would help it blend in. If, sure, you, like, if you took a handful of sand, is all of it the same color? No, I guess not, unless it's kinetic sand. Kinetic sand is not sand. Fair enough. <laughs> it's like flour, right? It's like flour. Flour and chemicals. <laughs> okay. Um, but, like, Sandile also has another, like, adaptation that I think would make it really great. Um, The black around its eyes helps absorb the sunlight and protects it from a glare. So, like, it can see better in, like, the glaring sun where yes. it doesn't have to worry about, like, the wincing. Yeah. Like, cheetahs have that, too. Uh, so the next one we have would be Fue Coco, and you and I are going to argue on this and what the adaptation is. Don't we are? You told me I was wrong earlier. Yeah, then I'll just interrupt you and say no. Okay. I still think Fue Coco's adaptation is that it can breathe fire. No, it doesn't. It doesn't breathe fire. How is that helpful? If you just take care of it and you give it cooked food, then how would it be helpful to burn its food? Well, no, but like as an animal, it could burn its own prey. Yeah, but like it's not an adaptation. So you think fire, you think if an animal adapted to breathe fire, it would be counterproductive? Well, if it did breathe fire, then yeah, it could cook its prey, but there's also another chance that it would just set things on fire and start a a wildfire, and then there would be no prey. They would all die. And they would die. So, like, dragons are unrealistic because they would end up destroying their, their environment. Uh-huh. Uh, you agreed with me? No, I like that. That's a great great take. Uh, the next one we have is Croc Rock. Croc Rock. Croc Rock. Croc Rock can see in the dark. Which is an adaptation. Why? Because it makes it a good hunter. Yeah, like, it can see where things are. But and they not- can't see it. Yeah, not every animal's able to see at night. So if you can see at night, it makes you a better ambush predator, right? Yes, because you could sneak up on it better. They couldn't see you. And also there's other reasons that I'm not going to say. <laughs> okay, so the next one we're going to talk about is crocodile. And they have quite a few adaptations. Yes. Yes. Um, crocodile has strong draw strength and it can crush shell prey and that would make it a good adaptation if there was a crab yeah it it couldn't crush the shells then i don't think it would be able to eat it as well so it could probably eat more food then yeah it could eat more food catch more prey more things are available to it could eat more isopods does they eat they might be a little too small (laughs) the giant isopods normal isopods you would find okay but they don't go to the bottom of the ocean to find the ice pods. <laughs> find the giant ice pods. So they have another adaptation too, right? Yeah, they can. They have good vision and they can see things up to thirty miles away. Which is weird because, like, I think the long, the farthest people can see is like three miles. Yeah. I I I don't understand how the Pokemon world thinks physics works. Some days the Pokemon world was created by some random guy who's like, just put this number down and this number down and this number down. It has no meaning. I don't think it was one person, but yeah, whoever makes the Pokédex entries doesn't understand numbers. 
Uh, they have a few other things though, right? Like they bunch of stuff with sand, right? Yeah, they hide in sandstorms that Flygon creates. So they let Flygon do all the work where they're just hiding and trying to catch their prey. Yeah, they also can like swim through the sand, right? Yeah, they can swim through the sand, which is like really scary. The idea of like something swimming below Land the ground. Shark. Yeah, or I was thinking like uh, I don't think you know the movie Tremors. What in the world? It's this movie about like these monster like worms that Please live... don't tell me because I'm gonna have bad dreams. Then I won't tell you. <laughs> then I will not tell you. This one we have is Skeldurge. Skeldurge. Um they have a long slender jaw. It's good for like grabbing like fish or other animals that would be in the water. Yeah, kinda like actual crocodilians where they have that ability to grab things. Yeah, like gharials. Well, I think it's. I think there definitely more bases with Skeldurge on like the Nile crocodile, but also it does hind walk, you know, on its rear two legs. And when it does hind walk, it actually looks a lot like how actual crocodilians hind walk. Whereas, like, because like the leg muscles were like the way crocodile and croc croc walk look weird. Yeah. It looks. It looks like a mixture between people and alligators. Let this person and this alligator and combine them, make poop alligator. But they also can shoot fire, like that's like five thousand, five thousand four hundred degrees. How does that work? I. They I would know. literally burn themselves in the process. Well, they're ghosts. Maybe they're already dead. Mom. <laughs> but like seriously, breathing that out of your throat. You, you you would kill the prey, but you would also die. Well, unless it was like some sort of chemical reaction. Maybe. Well, if it happens... Think about, like, the Malaysian ants. Like, those are chemical reactions, the way the Malaysian exploding ants work. Maybe, like... But they still die when they do it. But, like, maybe this is different. Maybe, like, it's a chemical reaction on the way out. Maybe. Like, it pushes two gases out at once that combust as they exit the body. Into fire? I don't know. That's my only thought. So, now here we're at the last part of Lila's lessons, and we're going to talk about the resolution here, which is us talking about, like, what's going on with them and what we can do to help. So, the biggest thing for crocodilians is that... Habitat loss. Is habitat loss, but the next biggest thing really has to do with climate change. Yeah. So, the temperature of the climate where they lay their eggs depends on if it's boy or girl. Warmer climates produce boys, and because of climate change, if they eventually produce all boys, they couldn't reproduce and they would eventually all die off and become extinct. Yeah, that's quite possible. I think that's a, a concern for me. And I think this is a great example of how there are like these unintended consequences of how external factors impact things that we wouldn't imagine that they impact. Yeah. But you're right, like it is definitely a threat. I think the other thing with, with climate change to think about, and I think this tied into like two or three species. I know it's specifically specifically tied into the Chinese alligator. Yes. It was about burrowing, right? So what's going on there? So if it gets too hot or too cold, the alligator burrows in like muck under the water. They can only live this way for up to a year. And when climate change happens, if it gets too hot for them or too cold for them, they won't be able to live like that forever. And that would mean they only have one year to survive. And it would be really hard to reproduce in that one year. Yeah, so it decreases the likelihood of reproduction because they're not as actively seeking a mate. Yeah, it's definitely a big thing. But as we said before, the biggest threat is really habitat loss. Yeah, they're losing a lot of habitat. And we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Another big thing, though, is that populations haven't recovered 
as a whole. No, they really haven't recovered at all. Through most of the 1900s, uh, a lot of the crocodilians were like hunted. Uh, and I know part of it deals with, you know, the leather, uh, crocodile leather. Uh, part of it was because they were treated as pests or uh, nuisances. Yeah, they were like hunted because people saw them as pests. And but they're really not pests without them. What I'm trying to say is that even though they have some, a lot of them have protections now, like their populations just haven't recovered. And that's really a problem. I think what, there are seven species that are critically endangered? Seven species that are critically endangered. And- Philippine crocodiles, Chinese alligators, garials, Siamese crocodiles, uh, the dwarf crocodile, uh, ornico, ornoco crocodiles, the African slender sound crocodiles, the Cuban crocodiles. And then there are four that are vulnerable, the Tommy Soma, the American crocodiles, the uh, mugger crocodile, and the dwarf crocodile. Yeah, but it it's not like we should take all this information and say, like, all is lost, right? Yeah. There are some things that we can do, and we can, like, there are steps that can be taken, right? So I know one of them is, like, sustainable logging, because we said habitat loss is really the biggest concern. Sustainable logging. When you cut down trees and you replant them as you're cutting them down. Yeah, instead of just, play, you know, cutting them out and, like, putting shopping malls there. Yeah, you should really, like... They should really listen to the song Big Yellow Cap, Taxi Cab. No, they should really think about how it impacts the animals and us. If there was no trees, we wouldn't have oxygen to breathe, and, yeah, there would be nothing to build with. But but corporate profits are more important than oxygen. Oh, yeah, of course, because the corporate... No one would die without oxygen. We would all just be alive. <laughs> Maybe we'd live on Mars if we cut down all the trees. No. <laughs> I love you. Why? I just, I love you so much. Um, okay, so there's a few other things, too. Uh, one of the other things we could do is, as, as humans, as a collective, you know, setting up protected habitats. I know this would be especially helpful for things like the slender uh crocodiles, the Philippine crocodiles, and, and the Siamese crocodiles. And you, as, as a person, you know, you can push you know your local legislators and your local politicians to do these things uh so another thing and i know we talked about this was like captive breeding where like some species that you know there's just no way to really save their current habitats because like their current habitats have been destroyed they need new ones yeah and i know garials are one yeah like if you know that there's a habitat that they could survive in like and theirs is getting destroyed then probably they need new ones yeah, so garials and I know Chinese alligators are one, and I've gotten to see both. They're pretty cool animals. Garials are amazing. They're so pretty. I really like their mouths. <laughs> okay, so here's my question. And I know we're going to, some of the animals we'll talk about this year, you and I, we're going to give much more direct examples of things they can do. But for these ones, like, what are steps that they can do if they want to help alligators or crocodilians? They can support conservation things that are for, specifically for crocodiles. Yeah, there's all sorts of, like, crocodilian conservation projects. Uh, a lot of those, like, crocodile zoos actually do, uh, some of them, some of them, not all of them, uh, do operate as nonprofits. And you can, you know, by supporting them, they actually work on breeding programs for reintroduction. Uh, I'm actually looking at to try to find a few for us for our vacation this year. Like, I'd like to go find one or two where we can stop and see them. And look at the alligators in the I want to touch one. They'll bite you. I still want to touch it. Uh, no. The biggest thing we can do, though, is we can educate people and teach them that, like, crocodilians are not monsters. And teach them that they're not pests and they're not monsters and that we need to protect them. Yeah, they play vastly important roles in the ecosystem where they 
I think there was it, was, it was one of the ones in South America that you and I are watching specials about where they found out that there was difficulties growing the crops, like the food, after they like had hunted these animals. And they found out it had to do with that the droppings that the crocodilians left actually supported plant growth. And it's, like, it's just like these unforeseen consequences. And we need to think about the roles that these animals play as a whole. If there was no crocodiles, all the animals they eat would be like reproducing like crazy and they would be they would be thriving, but there was there would be too many of them. Yeah, it'd be overreproduction, which would lead to starvation eventually anyways. So you heard it here. We need to protect the crocodilians. Do you have anything to say to everyone before we leave? Bye. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us for the first Lila's lessons. Can't wait to see you for the next one.